Welcome back to another episode of the EFL Freezer Crowd podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Millwall fan, Andy. All right, James. How are we doing? Yeah, not too bad. Nice little break we've had again. Yeah, got to, got to refresh the batteries, haven't you? <laughs> After Recharge. every single Recharge. podcast. <laughs> Recharge. I think I need another week off. Yeah. <laughs> Just as well with the international break. And uh, obviously joined again by Statman Luke. How are you doing, Luke? Um, right, guys, how are we, boys? Yeah, not too bad at all. In a week where a duck takes centre stage, Fergie takes on the god of football, and Philip takes one in the Zinkenagels. Welcome back to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That is bloody perfect. <laughs> We're always looking for somewhere appropriate to start a podcast. And I think there's one place to start this weekend, isn't there? Huge couple of derbies in the uh, championship this weekend. And what better place to start than derby against Forest? Action-packed. Of course, it was 1-0. But uh, decisions all over the shop from the officials, as per (laughs) usual. Or lack of decisions from the officials. Yeah, they've somehow managed to get every single one run, haven't they? That's <laughs> I think we'd be more surprised if we got any of them right at this point. So play on. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, very much a play on referee in the derby, <laughs> which sometimes you want. <laughs> Not when there's stamps going around and handballs and yeah. shirt pulls left, right and centre. It's funny, isn't it? Because there's this constant thing, everything that's not given as a free kick this year across any game, the commentators are so quick to go, well, the referees have said at the start of the season that they're not going to be as uh, (laughs) as strict. They're going to be way more lenient. But at what point do you go, hang on a minute, he's stamped on a man's area. (laughs) Play on. (laughs) Well, we said we were going to be more lenient. (laughs) He's forgotten his whistle. That's what he's done. How am I going to play this one off? Yeah, that bit wasn't mentioned in the referees meeting. If anyone gets stamped in that area, (laughs) let it play on. (laughs) It felt sort of like one of them where it's a derby day. You don't want to kind of lose control of the game early on. You don't want the fans on your back straight away. You don't want to annoy anyone. So he sort of tried to maybe keep it flowing or something. He's ended up doing the opposite. Got everyone on his back immediately (laughs) um, with some ridiculous decisions and just, yeah, perhaps he did forget his whistle because, you know, like I think we spoke about this before, before we started recording and the fact that there has been some conversation about whether the Forsyth tackle was, well, tackle being the operative Mm. word, (laughs) um, was deliberate. I mean, Andy, I think you've got an opinion on that. Uh, yeah, very deliberate. And, um, <laughs> and you know, why not? <laughs> he knows he's going to get away with that. It's a big derby game. And he's just, he just left a little mark there. Um, but yeah, an absolute disgrace, to be honest. But, um, can't have it both ways. Can't sit on the fence. Disgrace, definite red card. But yeah, then again, the referee's not seen it. So what would you expect? <laughs> I don't think that was the worst decision the ref made that day. I mean, obviously, just after that derby go one nil up, a, a great ball from Forsyth to um to Lawrence, captain's back for derby, great finish. Yeah, great <laughs> Samba, finish, Samba beaten though, you know. So at the near post, um, <laughs> <laughs> always have a pop at Samba. Um, <laughs> I th- to be fair, the Samba one, he probably should do a bit better, but it is a great hit. But like you say, every time I watch him. Doesn't fill me with any confidence, uh, Sam. Mm. I know we've probably said that before, but yeah, Forsyth with with the ball across, even more controversy. And then the ref, let's say, doesn't improve, does he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful save, wonderful Forest save. Uh, but it wasn't from Samba. It wasn't from Samba. No. Well, he probably Warrell probably looked around and went, no, 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 no. I've got this. Yeah, it, the fact it would have almost stopped by the time it got to the goal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never can be sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Derby, 
judging by the extended highlights, they were absolutely all over the forest at this stage. Should have been should have been two three ahead, and then you get that decision. Worrell literally falling over and just arms it. It looks so on purpose. It was the easiest decision to give. And then Doesn't what happen. happens? They get punished in the second half. Forest came out a little bit better. I know. Your mate, Brennan Johnson, James, who we talked a lot about last season, gets his first goal for Forrest. Yeah, that, Forrest are not having a great start to the season, but he's looked like the little bright spark, actually, the start of his season. Was very good against Coventry. Um, and I just sort of think that maybe now he's off and running and sort of got a goal. Perhaps he could lift them a little bit, but they do look a little bit, I don't know, lacklustre at times. And the fact that decisions have kind of kept them in this one and... You know, Derby, like you say, probably should have been three up by half time um, and, and out of sight. And Forrest, again, it, well, sort of shouldn't really be getting anything out of the game. Perhaps someone like Johnson might just drag him out of it. Um, and maybe they need the, the kind of international break more than anyone. But yeah, he does it like a player, doesn't he? Looks like he might be stepping up to the level as well. Yeah, he was always going to leave League One, whether Lincoln got promoted for the playoffs or not. But Chris Hutton said that. But the positive we can take is the games are getting closer. So maybe by about halfway through the season, they'll have won a game. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they've got this bad luck. It's it's the players not really... It's like the, the Coventry game. They kind of just give up after a certain amount of time. But Brennan Johnson seems to be that player that might make a difference, might drag them through a few games. Yeah, I think the, the time one is interesting. It's... I know I alluded to it when, when obviously Coventry played against them. They've had a lot of fitness problems and a lot of COVID in pre-season and perhaps that's why they're struggling to um, push on in the latter stages of games. But at least they've sort of come from one down this time and, and at least got something out of a game. It's a building block, isn't it? Two weeks, is it now, for them to build a little bit more fitness into play people? You never know. We've got deadline day coming up tomorrow. Um, if they've got any money left, I don't know if they've got any money anyway, but if they have, maybe they can add to what they've got. But, yeah, not a great start for, well, Forrest at all, really. Derby probably got more points than most, most of us expected them to have. <laughs> for the entire uh, season. More yeah. than zero. <laughs> and certainly, uh, it's funny because you sort of laugh, but actually maybe we need to give them a little bit of credit because, no, they, they look very good, especially for that first 45 minutes and take a couple of chances. I mean, easy to say, but take a couple of chances and actually, you know, they'd have three more points on the board and, wouldn't have been a bad start to the season considering their situation at all. And well, from one Derby day to another, the seven side, as Andy loves to call it. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, another interesting one. Bristol City obviously on horrific form, if we're going to be brutally honest about it. And Cardiff probably started off not as well as as people would have expected them to. Um so it was set up for quite an interesting one, really. Um, wasn't that interesting? City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not many chances. Vyman, I, I forgot, after that injury he had last season, it's a big risk to give him a contract extension, but he's really paying him back for that because it's that is risky when a player's been out for a, a really long time. Yes, he's got quality, but to give him a whole new contract, he's got two braces already. He's got as many goals as Aidan Flint. <laughs> <laughs> Some feet. <laughs> Literally. It's funny you mentioned Flint. I actually watched this one um, back pretty much the whole thing. And um, by God, was Flint awful. He was getting <laughs> tangled up in all sorts of knots. It's like they weren't really doing that much to him. He was losing headers at his feet. He didn't. He didn't even know which foot was which at some points. The um the, the version, if you like, that I watched back was um Bristol City Robins TV, whatever you want to call it. And um <laughs> the co-commentator just couldn't resist it. Every time the ball went near Flint, he went, "Oh, there he goes again. Nowhere near it." He just it was <laughs> awful. It was absolutely awful. And you expect him to be a presence in the opposition box. Jesus, he was anonymous. I couldn't believe it. I was almost expecting him to see him absolutely piling in with a few goals again, to be honest, with the way that Bristol City have been leaking them. Um, but yeah, not a great day for him and, well, not a great day for Cardiff. Yeah, it feels like you're sort of, it feels like you're having a pop at me when you say that as well, because, I mean, we didn't do a podcast <laughs> after, yeah, the, um, after the Cardiff-Millwall game and Flint was um, 
putting a 10 out of 10 performance. (laughs) (laughs) He was absolutely superb. Won every header and scored twice somehow. So, I mean, maybe that's why we didn't do a podcast that week. (laughs) We only do them when we will win from now on. Jesus, um, gonna be <laughs> you and far between. Subscribe. <laughs> See you in December. Uh, we got Coventry in October. <laughs> September, isn't it? Uh, I didn't want to mention it because I kind of want to bring it to goal of the week. Is I really like a stat, and one that was uh, one that I liked was all of Cardiff's goals this season have been headers in the second half. And who pops up with a header in the second half of Cardiff? Dan Bentley, wonderful own goal. Mm. <laughs> I did wonder where you were going with that. He looked so yeah. gutted as well, didn't he, when it hit him on the back of the head and went in. He just fell back to the floor. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> one of the best goalkeepers in the division. Uh, if if you're a goal, if you're a, if you're a goalkeeper, if you're Baker on the line and you've got to try and clear it off that. Don't kick it along the floor if it's a congested like box. You just boot it in. Do you remember talking about Bristol City players and taking a ball to the head? Do you remember Ashley Williams booting the ball at Robin Van Persie? Could have killed him. Not when he was at Bristol. (laughs) (laughs) Could have killed him. Yeah. Oh, okay. That one. Yeah. It's funny you mention uh, the tangent that was, Luke, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I'll try and recover it. I was going to say it's funny that you you mention uh, Baker there. He's actually had quite a decent start to the season and was really good against Cardiff at the weekend. Someone who was actually released by Bristol City um, and then came back on reduced terms, still more than Cov could offer him, to understand. Um, <laughs> he comes back on reduced terms, I guess sort of with a point to prove. Um, but also... It's an unusual one, isn't it? Because you assume if you're coming back for less money, you're probably not going to get played. Then they play him in probably their biggest game of the season so far. Probably their biggest game under Pearson so far, actually. They're under a lot of pressure at the moment. Lost in the Cup to Forest Green. Sort of, well, God knows how many times they've lost in in a row. Doesn't look great for them at the moment. But um, yeah, Baker's stepped up. And other than that brilliant assist at the weekend, um, he's been really good. He's been really good for them. I'm sure Bristol City fans would agree. Put an Atkinson to play alongside him, who's probably still settling in at the moment. But yeah, always weird when you... Well, it's rare, actually. I'm not sure I've ever seen a player go back to the same club on reduced terms about three weeks after they've released him. So fair play to him. Yeah, uh, that's that's genius from Nigel Pearson. Release all your players and bring them back on half the salary. That's, that's a stroke <laughs> of genius. For all, the, for all the stick he's got, that is absolutely financial masterclass. Yeah, Nothing to do with the fact that he didn't want to have to move his family out of the city and couldn't find another. No, 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 don't look at all the actual details. <laughs> God, we're not that sort of podcast, James. <laughs> well, that's the first bit of praise I've heard for Nigel Pearson in a while. And um, as always, I turn to Twitter after <laughs> Don't get used to games. it. Yeah, I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, as always, I turn to Twitter after those sort of games to see what's being said and of course, the Bristol City faithful are going nuts thinking that's going to kickstart their season. So maybe keep an eye on them now. <laughs> and talking mm. of Bristol City Twitter, as we speak, there's a lot of talk about um, about George Tanner from Carlisle making the move to um, Bristol City at right back, which could be an interesting move, actually. I think maybe one for long term, but could learn a little bit off um, Danny Simpson, hopefully on the pitch, though. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that there. <laughs> well, Luke, I think you love a, a managerial scrap, don't you? <laughs> a scrap on a touchline. <laughs> and, you know, we were awarded one this week. I don't know in high risk, high reward, if anyone would have picked these two um, to go at it. But maybe looking back, be a close close match, wouldn't it? Yeah, Darren Ferguson and Valor and Ishmael. Who'd win in a scrap? That's all I've got written down. Who'd win in a scrap? Because Darren Ferguson's got the temper, but Valor and Ishmael looked pretty big next to him. Well, yeah, I mean, there's only one winner for me. Ishmael eats him alive. <laughs> <laughs> and there's late drama here. <laughs> um, I mean, I said, I said maybe don't talk about the football. Obviously, a late winner for uh, for West Brom as they surge towards promotion already. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, we've all seen surely Ishmael doing the uh, breaking the hundred meter record time. <laughs> uh, 
and the, the dad sports day running down the wing um loses his head completely actually uh, and, and we love to see it unless it's mm. against us um and <laughs> obviously there seems to have been something said then between the two of them and and ishmael uh refusing to shake ferguson's hand at the end clearly riled him up and the two of them yeah, like you say, sort of look like they're going to have a right old scrap, don't they? Yeah, I don't think Ferguson took very uh, kindly to um, Ishmael sprinting down the, the <laughs> his own ground into his fans. You know, I, I imagine he said something like "show some respect" or you know, <laughs> a classic, a classic Ferguson line. But yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know about Ishmael winning that actually, because if you look. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked into it and, you know, Ferguson did look a lot angrier than Ishmael. You know, it often comes down to that in a little one-on-one situation on the touchline. Who's angrier? <laughs> Spoken like a true Millwall season ticket holder. <laughs> and then if you look at the, uh, compare the backroom staff, Peterborough looked like they had it. <laughs> Which is rare because they haven't won much this season. So I've, give, I've given them something. Another last minute goal so I can see why Ferguson would be getting angry yeah well that's all I was thinking maybe look a little more internally Fergie rather than mm. uh, than having a having a pop at Ishmael I still think Ishmael could probably throw them all out of the ground so. <laughs> <laughs> all of them yeah it had a feel of the uh, Warnock against Nuno didn't it refusal to shake hand at the end of the game kicking off lack of respect being fired out in the interviews and uh, yeah so Luke over to that casting vote in the Fergie versus uh, Ishmael. Who are you having? Oh, <laughs> after the comment about throwing everyone outside the ground, I'm going to go for Valor and Ishmael. He probably could. He looks like he's like nine foot four. Chuck everyone out. <laughs> well, we went from one derby day to another, so why not go from one scrap to another? It was uh, it was that one between the managers, and there was uh, one on the field, Birmingham Barnsley. Yeah, I call that more handbags. <laughs> I mean, there, there was one highlight for me was um, Liam Kitching. It was headbutts the back of an EK, <laughs> and then and then and then pretends that an EK's headbutted him, and he walks yeah. around with his hand over his face, and an EK's just pretty much laughing, going, "What is he on about?" <laughs> Uh, and if you, and if there was a winner in that fight, I'd, I think it would be three 0 on this uh, on the vote. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just—they're the moments, aren't they? Where you're sitting there going, all this chat about VAR and stuff. Yeah, we don't want it. We do not want no, it. Do we? Keep it out. You the want league. those moments? Someone had but someone and holds their own head. You just got to love it. <laughs> <laughs> EFL football. <laughs> Well, Anike came on because Scott Hogan missed a couple of sitters, and then Anike came on, missed a sitter. So there's been <laughs> yeah. talk about there's been talk about Birmingham signed like uh, like needing a new striker and having a homecoming for for Troy Deeney. So if you can get someone, no no mobility, but if you can get someone in that can finish and win a fight, that's all that you need in the championship. Well, at least for this what. podcast. Yeah, exactly. I've missed him. I've missed him a lot, Troy. <laughs> Come home, Troy. Come back to the EFL. We've missed you. But you're right, Bowyer did look absolutely shocked that they didn't win that game. So I think he might have been straight on the phone to Troy afterwards to help with the scraps and help with the goals, if you can. (laughs) Yeah, and probably worth pointing out that Bowyer had a very decent start to the season, despite that result, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, if Deeney does come in, perhaps that'll be just the... The little boost as much as anything that they need to go maybe one step further. Talking of teams who have probably done a little bit better than uh, people might have expected and certainly not struggling in front of goal, Huddersfield, what starts of a season, find themselves in fourth and uh, yeah, free on the bounce for them. Luke, I know there's something you wanted to talk about with Huddersfield. Oh, well, something I wanted to talk about. A player I wanted to talk about, Sorba Thomas. He's getting a lot of uh, rave reviews from pundits at the moment for because that makes it five assists and a, a possibly a goal of the season contender, at least a goal of the weekend contender, where he kind of runs half the pitch. Nice to see a step over. I think they're going out of fashion a little bit and then slotting it in the bottom corner. He's... 
has he learned that from playing against Millwall in the cup for Boreham Wood, Andy? Because he couldn't stop Ken Zahore. No, that was a, that was a day where Ken actually scored a goal. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we played them last season and I remember the commentators kept going on about how he was linked with other clubs and he won't be here for long. Uh, I think he was linked with Watford, obviously very close by. And then he gets goes all the way up to Huddersfield. But as you say, absolute perfect fit by the sound of it, by the look of it. And uh, yeah, what a goal. Michael, you made a long trip down. What do you think the score's going to be today? It to be 1-0. Will Grigg up the chicks. Come on! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of chat about Wigan this season, signed, as Luke would put it, half of League One, off to a fairly decent start. Um, But perhaps people have been talking about Wigan more than ever this weekend. We are, of course, talking about their 1-0. No, we're not. We're talking about Keith (laughs) the Duck. Oh, Keith the Duck, may you rest in peace. Yeah, we'll put put in a minute silence here. Let it (laughs) (laughs) It was a lovely little pond up there waiting for you, Keith. A big pond in the sky. Oh, the bread you could eat. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. enough about that duck, I think. Oh, the bread yeah. you could eat. Yeah. We are referring to <laughs> to Keith the Duck, uh, a, a fan's duck who, who who passed away. I think the club thought it was a, a, a fan called Keith and they were planning on like a half-time applause to, to send him off. And then they were like, oh, no, it's a duck. It's, it's his duck. So it kind of got traction on on social media and on Twitter, and then it just they thought, yeah, let's just let's do a fifteen second applause at half time for Keith the Duck, and I I'm here for it personally. That is magnificent. Yeah, I mean it was a great move from Wigan to put that on, wasn't it? I mean there were no players out on the pitch. Um, it would have been quite funny if they did that pre match um, with the players around a circle clapping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would have put Portsmouth players off. Not that they needed to be that game. But uh, yeah, great move for them. Seen that story everywhere. People know Wigan are now. (laughs) (laughs) Not the FA Cup win has put them on the map. It's Keith the Duck. Yeah, not Roberto (laughs) Martinez, Ben Watson, Keith the Duck. (laughs) It's funny, really, because... You sort of, it's easy to laugh it off and, well, I mean, it's great. It is a great move, like you say, but sometimes those little things just get everyone back on board again. Season, like I say, started fairly well. That three points has uh, made their total look a little bit healthier. But yeah, just those little things get the fans back on board, create a bit of atmosphere, which probably they needed um, at the start of this season because there's a lot of expecting fans and pundits waiting to see what Wigan do this year. So yeah, great move from them. And uh, like you said, obviously did a job on Pompey. And it was 1-0. <laughs> Dicks, come on. Stephen Humphreys, new signing from Rochdale, uh, dedicated the performance to it. So I'd like to dedicate this podcast to I'm so sorry, Keith. I dedicate this podcast to you. Same. Pour one out for Keith. James, do you dedicate it to? No. Can't really say no now. Can't <laughs> <laughs> James, what are you eating? <laughs> Well, obviously, we've sort of alluded to the fact there that there's going to be a lot of people expecting Wigan to do something this season. They've spent a lot, brought a lot of players in. So people are going to be uh, assuming that they'll be up there somewhere. And another side that have spent some serious money and, well, recruited massive numbers. They've actually brought a goalkeeper, Walton, in from uh, Brighton on loan today, um, is Ipswich. And let's be fair, it hasn't been a great start for Cookie. No, like if I just list the players that they've bought in, they have recruited really well. Lots of them are like loan signings. Lots of them are free transfers. Connor Chaplin, how did they get him? He was a Bar- he was doing fine at Barnsley. Um, yeah. Joe Piggott, you, you bring in Wim- Wimbledon's best player and then fail to beat them. <laughs> Scott Fraser, Louis, Louis Barry, Raheem Harper. It's, they've brought in some really big players. It really asks the question that how long does Paul Cook have? Old voice crack. It's, for me, I think he's a good manager um, based upon his sort of track record. You assume it's going to come good at some point. Um, having watched Coventry go through quite a transition when we drop down to League Two, sometimes it does just take a little bit of time when you you have quite that many numbers coming through the door in one window. Um, and when, they're, when they play sort of periods of the game well, when they look good, they look bloody good. A um, couple of great, well, 
particularly the one goal that wasn't a penalty this weekend was a really nice move. Um, but yeah, it seems to be defensively that they're a little bit weak at the moment, perhaps bringing in a new goalkeeper to shore that up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is he on borrowed time yet? There's mixed sort of talk about it on, on Twitter. If you look, there's a few fans arguing the case that he's been given a load of money to spend. If it doesn't sort of change over the next month or so, they're going to be playing catch up for the whole season. And then there's other fans saying it will come good and, and to give him time. Personally, I'm in more of the camp of to give him a little bit more time. Also, I can't resist those interviews, the old double voice. So uh, if we lose that, that's one less thing, one less thing for this podcast to talk about. So stay with us, Cookie. And um, But yeah, I do think it will come good. It's just going to need a bit of time for them to kind of gel and, and get used to it, I think. Yeah, I mean, how often can you blame the manager when they're conceding in the last minute as well? Yeah, there's exactly. clearly some mentality issues there or fitness issues with the players. So yeah, I think it'll come good as well. Only a matter of time till they, I mean, they're scoring goals, like we said. So I think with Joe Piggott up front now, obviously got a goal against his former club, even though they couldn't win. I think it'll come good. I mean, the lack of Troy Parrott in the squad this season was always going to affect them. And, uh, <laughs> Just look at Millwall. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's end there. <laughs> And uh, boys, I'm sure you'll agree. That's enough uh, analysis on this division. Let's do what the threes of crowd do best and uh, end the division with a scrap, shall we? Of course, Gillingham involved. But um, was Steve Evans? Have I jumped into some alternate dimension where everyone gets red cards apart from Steve Evans? <laughs> this is, this, it's like he's a sort of hook this up to my veins. This is brilliant. It's finally not me. Well, yeah, he had the choice to be involved and he decided not to. That was, I mean, that is alternate dimension sort of stuff, isn't it? What was he doing? (laughs) Maybe it was, it had sort of vibes about it being too easy for him. He likes to create it rather than sort of Mm. be in the midst of it. So perhaps that was it. Or maybe as long as it's going on, he's fine. But sometimes it's not there, so he has to create the chaos. Well, I think also it was... he, he normally uh, gets booked for having a pop at the at the referee, not the other team so much. So when the other team comes to him, <laughs> he sends the assistant manager out there to get involved. And what happens to him? It gets pinned to the ground by the three, three reserve goalkeeper. <laughs> not even on the pitch. You, I mean, I don't know if you saw that. It's hilarious. He's, he's literally holding him by the throat on the floor and no one cares. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> I mean, it shows how likeable that guy must be. If Steve Evans is the manager, maybe they they don't really get on with the assistant either. So let him him stay down there. (laughs) What I like to do is. Do him again. Almost said that. What I liked about this is two players got booked in the 93rd minute. And if you get a yellow in the 93rd minute, you think, oh, you're probably safe. You're not getting sent off. 98th, they both get sent off. And then you think, oh, it's the the 98th minute. Surely there's not another red card in this at least. And then the substitute goalie comes off the bench and pins the assistant manager to the floor. This is amazing. Like, this is such good good content for this podcast. Sitting there at the end of the game, just applauding them all. Proud. Just wondering about, Mm. scrap the result, boys. That was bloody brilliant out there. I like that the chairman of, of Gillingham came out and said um, on, on Kent Online, I managed to see this. He said, I want to kill the hate. Kill the hate. You hi- What are you talking about? You hired Steve Evans. You're creating this wonderful hate. Um, and kill feels like quite a hate-filled word. Odd <laughs> 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 uh, uh, yeah. from the Kent Online. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, no bleep needed. <laughs> and just to stay in League One briefly, I don't know if you two have seen that uh, Sunderland owner, he started bringing his dogs to the dogs. game. Now, Luke, <laughs> <laughs> there's high risk, high rewards here. He's, he's sat there. They're two very small dogs. They're quite high up. Do you reckon they can get on the pitch from there? And, you know, if they did, I wouldn't fancy their chances because they are very small dogs. <laughs> Yeah, for anyone who's new to the podcast, on our high risk, high reward, where we guess some nonsense is going to happen, normally Andy goes for a scrap between two managers. 
I'll go for dog. I always go for dog on the pitch at some point during the season. And that is music to my ears. That's one step towards that goal, Andy. So uh, thank you for bringing that news to me. It's interesting as well, that, because you've you've sort of gone from those clowns that featured on the well-known Netflix series, um, mainly spending the game on their feet screaming, to this guy who looks pretty calm, just sat there with his two dogs, got little Lee at the... Uh, at the wheel, just <laughs> completely different vibe about the club. And now look at them. Exactly. Yeah. You know, getting results, getting results, bring your dog, get a result. When you said Lee Johnson at the wheel, I nearly said with a booster seat. <laughs> oh, you should have. Oh. oh, that's so good. Disappointed in myself. Yeah. Head oh, below the steering one. wheel. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Wrexham will sadly have to be promoted for me to get on it. <laughs> you better keep the seat warm, baby. There's been a lot of chat, hasn't there, about Wrexham, and I think we can unanimously agree we're sick of it. Um, so much so that I think people seem to have forgotten that there is a League Two, and uh, that's exactly where we're heading. Let's start with a couple of teams who've had a great start to the season, but then seem to have, um, well, not turned up this weekend. Forest Green and Bradford both dropping points for the uh, for the first time this season after a great start. Yeah, Forest Green put six past Crawley the other week. Uh, we didn't have a podcast to talk about it, but John Yem said that they were the team that are probably going to win the division. So um, high praise from a very angry man there. Happy birthday to John Yems as well. It's birthday on Saturday. God, I have nothing. <laughs> I've got nothing against Crawley. But the worse they do, the better his interviews get, John Yems, after after his <laughs> matches. So long may that continue. Yeah, Forest Green look a real side, to be fair. I think they've been building now for at least a couple of seasons. Um, I think I mentioned before, obviously went to watch the uh, the Bristol City, well, Forest Green versus Bristol City Cup match the other week. And um, obviously they came out winners on penalties, but they've got a real team there um, and seem to have bought into the system. Obviously, that 6-0 was them at their best. Um, but yeah, I'm really surprised how they've kept hold of a few players. People like Adams and uh, your man, Jamil Matluk. seems to be <laughs> sort of something that they're obviously um, doing to keep the players there and that they seem to be building something. Obviously, take nothing away from Port Vale this weekend. who have gone there and done them 2-0, so fair play to them. But yeah, what a start to the season for, for Forest Green so far. And uh, the other team mentioned was Bradford. Beaten by um, Leighton Orient, which I'm sure brought a smile to Andy's face. Well, they're, they're a team actually that we that we did think would do well this season, and they have started well as well. With um, I mean, a few big Kenny Jacket signings in there. Harry Smith up front. Um, yeah, it looks like uh, Alex Mitchell from Millwall centre half is going to join them on loan this week as well. Another. <laughs> don't know how we've managed to agree that with them. Um, yeah, but <laughs> like you said, Bradford. Um, Bradford, hell of a start, and. Uh, Dropped it this week. Yeah, obviously a few sides up there um, doing well at the moment. Harrogate sticks out as one that might have surprised a few. Another great start. Four games played. Obviously, that's one less than most of the people around them. And I'm sitting there on 10 points, so could go top with that game in hand uh, if they win. A few surprises at the bottom as well. Uh, oh, no, perhaps not. Sutton United footing up the table there. And, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> a bit cruel that isn't it on the newly promoted team um, don't think anyone expected Oldham to be pulling up any trees this season nice to see well maybe nice to see is a little harsh on Joey Barton but um, obviously after the stick that he gave his uh, predecessor Ben Garner and uh, look at the start of the season Swindon have had for Barton to be sitting down there on four points after five games is not a great start for Bristol Rovers. So sure, we'll be getting some more great content out of him in the coming weeks if it continues like this. Um, and none of us seem to have picked up on any scraps in League Two this week. So uh, we'll move on, I think. I'm rapidly falling out of love of football. I just wonder what's the point anymore, you know. Right, it's time for climbing the football ladder. Since when's it been called that? <laughs> Is it? That was it. <laughs> was it? That was a bit imaginative for our podcast, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Illustrious. Now it's time for 
climbing the football ladder. <laughs> Except for it feels like someone took a few rungs off because we never get very high. So, <laughs> yeah. Smallest ladder in the world. <laughs> it's just a step. Well, James and Andy have to work together. That's how the quiz works. You've got 10 oh. increasingly difficult questions to get right. If you get all 10 right, I pay for an away day and we've got an away day coming up. We've got Millwall Coventry. This is this is that, worth a little bit. doesn't count as an away day. <laughs> <laughs> not for you, Andy. <laughs> well, see, you're not paying for that one. I'll get that for free. I've already paid for mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got three quizzes to choose from. You get to choose the topic. So you're three to choose from. Premier League relegations. So teams joining us in the Football League. You've got Neil Warnock or your new quiz... Mike Bassett, England manager. I think we save Mike Bassett. I think that's too funny. We save that for a week we're struggling. What uh, I'm leaning towards Warnock. Yeah, Warnock sounds good to me. Couldn't have said that less interested. Yeah, Warnock sounds good to me, Andy. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with we'll go with Warnock, I think, Luke. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> Lock it in nice and early. Right, right. Question one. What team did Neil this is the easier questions? What team did Neil Warnock manage for the longest period of time? Oh, it's it's, it's got to be um, Sheffield United. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That, that is his team, yeah, and that's where most of his content days come from. It's got to be. Final answer, locked in. No, I don't know. Well, Andy's, Andy's locked it in. Uh, no, sorry, I've locked it in. <laughs> Question two. <laughs> what oh, count- no. What county is Neil Warnock from? Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> Andy now hates that champ. Yeah, we chuffing love you. <laughs> hey there, Yorkshire. We chuffing love you. Even though the skies are grey above you. Even though. Yeah, Yorkshire locked in. Right, who was the top goal scorer? Question three. In his 2011 QPR side that won promotion to the Premier League. Oh, who was in that team? Adele Terraps is in the team. Who has he been given the ball to? <laughs> Jamie Mackey. So the season then, after that is when they lost to Man City in the famous game. I thought this was just like common EFL folklore. Jesus. So that, that suggests it wasn't Jamie Mackey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling here, really am. This one is tougher than Mike Bassett. Thanks for that. We'll have Mike Bassett. this one's a lot easier than you are overthinking this a lot what's it was it was to wrap lock it in no no you can't lock (laughs) in that locked it (laughs) (laughs) i can't have been top goal scorer well you know question three we don't like question three so move on right question four Always the journeyman. Did Neil Warnock manage or play for more sides? Um, it's, it's definitely managed. It's got to be managed. Yeah, that's what yeah. Because when last season when we did that, yeah, went on forever. Yeah, it did. Lock it in. Managed. Question five. Neil Warnock has the record for the most promotions in English football. How many does he have? Is it five, seven, or eight? Oh, I love this uh, quiz. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm making sure my money goes nowhere. I don't, I, th- I don't think we can really use logic to work between seven and eight, can we? We're not going to remember them all. It's got to be eight. If he's saying <laughs> it like that, he's saying it like that, it's the biggest. Locked in. Locked in eight. Oh, no. He just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which which position did he play in his, in, in his playing days? Was it centre-back or winger? Meal flaming Warnock. <laughs> no, that's too, it, it was winger. Lock it in, winger. <laughs> Locked. Which player played under Neil Warnock more times than any other? Ooh, that's a question. Are you Soul still Bamba. having that? Are you, st- <laughs> are you still having that opportunity to make one question easier? Could have done with that. Talk, talk, yeah, talk, exactly. Talk, talk question that three, says that. <laughs> question three. Use oh, your lifeline. Reminding us of the rules. <laughs> yeah, well, we're already, we've already lost. Firmly in the quagmire, and you've bloody offered us that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Next okay. It's got to be um, Paddy Kenny, QPR, Leeds, Sheffield United. Lock it in. 
someone shall we lo- okay it's been lo- <laughs> it's been locked in now, are we? that was a, <laughs> I was just throwing it out there locked in right question 8 neil warnock is one of only eight managers and the only current one to reach which milestone of games but then again, what is a milestone? Yeah, exactly. Games. What's good? What could be? Well, what would you consider that? Like, well, a hundred, five hundred. I don't know. Um, well, yeah. What what is a milestone? What's a big milestone? If you did, if you did fifty in a season, twenty well, seasons of that, it's a thousand. We can't make this one easier, can we? <laughs> <laughs> I'll anagram the answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to blink it in Morse code. Oh, I thought it was an S. <laughs> <laughs> so what year would he have started? Oh, so, uh, so it's got to be more than, he must have managed more than a thousand games. Well, you'd think he'd have started his management career late In the 70s, 90s. early 80s, right? How old is he? 70. That's the next something. question. <laughs> <laughs> question, Sam, how he's old about, is he? He's about, he's about 70. <laughs> he's about 70, I think. So if, let's say he did. Yeah, that would make sense. So go back to his management career, started... I don't know, late 70s, early 80s. 5,000 games. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know. So 1980. So that's 41 years. So it's been a job of them for 35. 35 yeah. times. 30 times, 5 times 40 or 50. A hell of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to work that out for us then, Andy? About 3,000 games or something ridiculous. Let's say 3,000. Lock in. Okay. You're locking in 3,000, okay. Oh, he uh, didn't like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like that. <laughs> Question nine. In his full-time speech from his fly-on-the-wall documentary, Warnock, 8.8 on IMDb, by the way, which includes you've got a f- die to get three points, who have they just conceded a late equaliser to? They've just conceded at um, Tranmere Rovers. Locked in. Oh my god! Well, we don't know, do we? We don't. And we've got the last one wrong anyway. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Right, num- number ten. If not one before then. Did no get an away day. <laughs> <laughs> Meeting with Jennifer Taylor Clark present. Mm. Right. Shoot. Was there anything that you wanted to add to the agenda? Did no get an agenda. Sorry. Did not get an agenda, no. Luke, why you just put your wallet back in your pocket? <laughs> As I said, 3,000. Uh, over his career, over his management career... I'm bloody what over is his, it. What is, his, <laughs> what is his win percentage to the nearest percentage? This is, why it's a, this is why it's question 10. You still haven't used your lifeline. We'll use two next week. <laughs> uh, whatever. 39. No, wait, we might as well have... What? Oh, Luke's liked that. That's well, a face. I've, I've gone to. I've gone. I've gone Imagine to. Imagine if that's right. Mark. Well, he hasn't locked in. You go, you, you go in. You go in uh, for that. No, thirty-eight locked in. Use your. Lo- oh. oh no! Imagine. Yeah, but what lifelines he going to give? He'll say between this and this chance. Now, well, that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah cool. We were already between it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so between somewhere between thirty-five and forty, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. There uh, you are then. Probably what I was going to give you, actually. Um, oh, for- so question <laughs> question one, what team did Neil Warnock manage for the longest period of time? Sheffield United. Yeah. Question two, Run, what county is he from? It. Yeah, I'll give you Yorkshire, South Yorkshire, Sheffield. South Yorkshire. Oh, anyway. Who was the top goal scorer in his 2011 QPR side, the one promotion? Adel Tarabt. Oh, yeah, 19. Who, no one else scored in that bloody team. Um, Rob Fox, Jamie Mackey. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Fox. And then they went up and signed Gibriel C. So. Always the journeyman. Did he manage or play for more clubs? <laughs> Managed. He has the record for the most amount of promotions in English football. How many did he achieve? <laughs> Eight. Oh my God. What question is the next one? This is six. What position did he play in his playing career? <laughs> Winger. Winger. Oh, I have it. You're, you're up to seven. Which player played under Neil Warnock for, uh, for more clubs than any other? Paddy Kenny. This <laughs> is <laughs> incredible, man. I can't believe Andy you didn't use the lifeline at all. <laughs> and then it goes wrong. No lifeline. Um, Neil Warnock <laughs> Let me remind is... you of that. No lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to use it, Chris. 
cheating in a way, isn't it? I want to uh, phone a friend to tell him I've won. (laughs) (laughs) Neil Warnock is one of only eight managers and the only current manager to have reached what milestone of games? Don't know where 3,000s come from. Uh, 1,500. (laughs) Passed it recently. It seemed a lot that, didn't it? (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. I mean, looking back now, yeah. Hindsight. Can we use the uh, hindsight lifeline, please? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the time machine. (laughs) (laughs) I've got it. I figured it out. (laughs) In his famous um, full-time speech from his Fly on the Wall documentary, Warnock, which includes when he said, you've got to die to get three points, who had Sheffield United just conceded a late equaliser to... Wolves Doesn't like wolves does he This this is a good one Over his management career What was his win percentage The quiz himself This one's a good one (laughs) (laughs) Thank you Who made this quiz It's absolutely fantastic Um, It was Unlucky Andy 39% (laughs) Oh you're you're joking (laughs) How did I pluck that out of nowhere And then moved it to 38 Wonderful. Imagine if that cost us the the, uh, the win. <laughs> There'll be a scrap in James this podcast. Goes, yeah, 30, degree 39, lock in 38. <laughs> What's a good so soundbite to leave that on? We got 8 out of 10. Uh, 7. Didn't get the last 3. I'll tell you what we have got for next bloody week. Three oh lifelines. So, <laughs> I was stood on the touchline, 33 minutes gone at Cardiff and thinking, we're doing well here. Look, you know, playing well and I'm enjoying it. And eight minutes later, I'm 3 nil down. <laughs> <laughs> and they've just scored a third goal and I'm going to myself, what a goal that is. <laughs> Shit! Did you see that? must have a foot like a traction engine. Well, it is, of course, that time of the week. It's goal of the week time. I think I might kick this one off myself, if you don't mind, actually. We spoke a lot earlier about Shrewsbury the uh, and the drama that went on. But there's a huge goal in that game. The Bloxham goal. Overhead kick. Um, obviously, their first win of the season as well, and they've struggled so far. Not only that, the lad's only 17 years old. So to even have the audacity to try it, let alone pull it off at 17. Fair play to him. Yeah, blocks some goal of the week, match winner. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, it's a shame Gillian couldn't block some more shots. (laughs) 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 That's all he's got written down in his notes for the week. He's waited for this (laughs) moment. (laughs) That's actually Um, actually off the top of the head, though. Off the top, even better. Oh, sitting there. <laughs> Sat there quietly. Thought, yeah, I'll bide my time. I've got one here. <laughs> Pops up with that. Genius. Sort of ruins the goal now, really, in a way. So uh, I'll go through mine quickly because I think it's it's already been mentioned. It's uh in, in this podcast, true fashion, it's it's an own goal. It's 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 Baker kicking it against the back of his own goalkeeper's head. It stays in line with the stat, uh, only scoring headers in the second half of games absolute calamity um and it was it makes Nigel Pearson angry so that's all I need to nominate it so we've had over a kick circus uh show Andy what have you bought um well it's between two two players that are mentioned a lot oh no just one um uh, Jed Wallace (laughs) (laughs) We didn't, we didn't talk about Millwall a lot this week after we won. Talk about a one-man team, needing a player to grab a game and turn it around, gets a free kick on the edge. And you just know at the moment that they're going in. And he's just whipped it. No chance for the goalkeeper. It's put us on our way to a win. Deserves it. Goal of the week. Don't say goal of the week and you win the goal of the week. What have I? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't say no. Couldn't say no. I think just for the joke about the blocks and shots, um, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to blocks and I'm going to give it to James. What an overhead kick! And if it makes Steve Evans happy, it makes me happy. Yeah, just because I was given that opportunity to make such a good joke, you've got to give it to him. <laughs> what a great joke by me! Well done, me. <laughs> but yeah, 17-year-old first goal for the club. 
when they were struggling a bit at the moment. Topped off cherry on the cake with the blocks and more shots joke. Goal of the week. Well, obviously at this point, normally we would go to um, everyone's favourite part of the podcast where we make some ridiculous... Well, let me tell you now, if that is your favourite bit, we're there because there is no Irish <laughs> car reward this week. International break coming up, of course, um, for the championship. So um, I think we'll probably have a well-deserved rest after a hectic <laughs> few weeks from uh, us three. So, uh, <laughs> Sitting on our ass doing nothing. <laughs> See you in six weeks. So um, I think we'll have a week off. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I guess that... All it really leaves me to do is say uh, thanks very much and and see you next, not next week, week after. See you whenever uh, we get round to it. Whenever we can be bothered. See you, lads. What a way to end the show. Whenever we can be bothered. Well, I think that's... uh, enough standard football for this podcast for uh, for one week so <laughs> anyone else spot anything happening this weekend that you want to talk about no good right <laughs> <laughs> see you next week <laughs> Love it. well we've ticked off two of the rule of three so are we going with Keith the Duck to start <laughs> <laughs> to start <laughs> Yeah, well, what better place to start in League One than with a duck? Hang on. Yeah, it's I would have preferred them to, to give them longer than 15. I mean, not very respectful, <laughs> that is it. Full minute. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, how old was he when he passed on, Keith? How long did that <laughs> uh, five, five years? So how long ducks well, it, live? Depends if they pass away naturally or they end up on a, on a dinner plate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think mean, Keith the Duck is a well-respected member of that football club, Andrew. Well, he is now. <laughs> Not great. That maybe tell the story again, and uh, <laughs> we'll... all right, I'll jump in, but won't say that he ended up on a dinner plate. <laughs> <laughs>